3: For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com.
1: Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm
2: Courtney Kosak, and I'm Sophia Alexandra. And I am feeling kind of horny right now. Courtney, what else is new? (laughs) No, but this is for a really special reason, you guys, because today we have a crossover with the Turn Me On podcast. This podcast is hosted by Jeremy Saunders and Bridie McLean. They are a polyamorous couple from Halifax, Nova Scotia, and they were rolling through LA and we got a chance to sit down with them because we can never resist sitting down and talking to fellow sex positive podcasters. And honestly, the conversation was so cool. It made me want to go to freaking Halifax.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And just the way they spoke about what their marriage means and the way that they honor and love each other and each other's partners, because Jeremy has a girlfriend and Bridie has um, a boyfriend and just the way that they are there to make sure the other person has the best life possible is truly really beautiful and selfless and how they want him to have as much love as possible and also to share that love. I don't know. It was a real trip to see that. And Jeremy...
2: Jeremy actually lives with cystic fibrosis, which, you know, has a lot of implications for how you live your life. And I just think they're so caring towards each other. And they also approach just life with such a realistic kind of fairness and sensitivity that is really beautiful. And the evolution of their relationship and how they've gotten to this place, I think is such an incredible story. And it might inspire some of you that are thinking about polyamory or opening up your relationship and
1: maybe you have some fears about that or whatever. And also, I think what was cool about it is whether polyamory is for you or not, I think this podcast and what they had to say about how they view each other and their relationship will change your perspective on polyamory, because it did that for us.
2: So here we go.
3: Brady's driving. She's driving from Halifax uh, across Canada. Then from Vancouver, came down here. And then uh, when when I leave, I flew in a couple days ago. When I leave, her and her partner are going to drive from here to Mexico. Live That's there for awesome. a bit and then come back home.
0: We're in Mexico? Baja. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, we were there two years ago and Todd's been going for like six or seven years every winter just surfing. And it's a really, his spot is like classic surfer spot very remote and nobody knows about it and there's no power or it's nowhere near any like town or city or electricity or running water for like a couple hours
3: it's gonna be really fun wait what do you do for a shower there Um, Are you guys just doing using wipes?
0: Dip in the ocean. (laughs) Go to the sea. Come on, man. The
3: ocean is dirty as
1: fuck. (laughs) Hey, you're gonna hate this. You either get cleansed by the sea or nothing. (laughs) You don't need to leave with all your limbs. That's also cannot believe you don't trust the sea.
3: I, I you know what.
0: You easy. got it. Fucking it's a filter. Sharks
3: and staff infection. That's what the sea is, is. You're just asking for it.
0: You'll hate that I wash my dishes in the ocean when I'm there, too. <laughs> oh my oh god, god, that is
3: extreme. <laughs> Get the Fuck out of here. Yeah. It's a lot of salt. I'm
0: sure it's fine. It's fine. I agree. I was like, I don't how was that do for your BV? <laughs> my, my BV was. Go- my, my BV uh, went away. Three months later, I think the two things are connected. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm.
3: Ah, maybe there is a magic to the ocean.
0: Yeah, nice to get out of Canada in the winter,
1: though. Okay. Oh fuck! Wait, is your partner the person sitting outside? Yeah, there? Todd. No, that's a, a that that
3: homeless guy <laughs> just got here <laughs> right? yesterday, and we just I said, left the stare. alley
1: door open all <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> we got partners home. just coming in I'm off just the street. Because <laughs> he like everybody vaguely pointed <laughs> that way, but also no one introduced him? So I was like. Okay, I guess he doesn't deserve a full intro. He's just a partner. That's fine. I'll Whoa. I'll I'll put two and two together on my own. It's
3: so funny. Oh man,
0: I never know whether to include him because uh, he like for the most part we just were like you know we we try, we try to keep his personal life and privacy you know like away from the podcast and uh, and then so yeah now you're pointing out how awkward that is but um, but no
2: this is my favorite. I'm
0: on your podcast listening this. to your podcast. Todd is definitely a
2: character. Becca is definitely Becca's, a character. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. It, what's really funny is we we do try to leave Todd out of it as much as possible. <laughs> be- Becca said. is like Becca like will come home and be like, You didn't talk about me on this show today. Like it's, like a, it's <laughs> like a she needs to be so Becca, there you go. You can check it. You've been mentioned on this episode. <laughs> uh, Becca,
2: I heard all about you, girl. Don't, yeah, don't even worry.
3: Oh no, she loves she loves being a part of the show. Even when she when we just randomly throw her on a mic and she's like,
1: "Oh, I haven't heard that." Oh, oh it's yeah. it's the best because she. Ooh,
3: you
2: sh- gotta. Po- she's so Throw she me should. one of those
1: episodes.
3: <laughs> she's so good, but she's like, <laughs>
0: "We need the specific link for that."
3: What, what do I say? <laughs> well, how do I do it?
0: Todd said if we couldn't co- if we couldn't come up with enough guests on this trip, yeah, he, he would be interviewed. Oh, I love. Are that. Are you
3: fucking kidding? Can Todd at
0: least sit inside? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't even have to be interviewed. But can the man be there? inside? Oh my
4: god,
3: poor
1: Todd. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but,
3: uh, yeah, the trip's been great so far. We've been in LA for a couple days. We've been recording a bunch. Um, I fucking love LA. Me too. I love the city so Isn't much. Isn't it the best? It really. Honestly, Are you' both from here? here.
2: No, I've lived here for. I was just counting the other day, going on thirteen years. Which wow. I grew up in Minnesota, and I feel like this is the utopia. I was waiting. Like I knew there we was a better world this. out there, and I got here, and, and I was like, it. "Baby, this is it."
3: You don't have that Minnesotan accent. Oh, did say you, bagel. Did, did you have to w- like work that fucker say out? Say
2: bagel. Or? Bag, a swag, a uh, bagel.
3: Say ba- <laughs> right, okay. <Yeah. laughs> it's
2: a couple words, but yeah, mostly
0: not. You guys have light, sorry, how do you say bagel?
3: Bagel? Like a human <laughs> Like, <name>? like, <laughs> like fuck? a fucking normal person.
1: <laughs> um, you guys definitely have sorryed uh, oh, yeah. a couple times since we've been here and I was like, <gasps> and a booted I was like, adorable.
3: Yeah. I love Trying to pick out the subtleties of out. people's accent, mm-hmm. yeah, pick out um, because, but in Canada, it does range quite a bit. Like, if you're from the East Coast, it's a lot lazier, a lot more mm-hmm. slack. Although, on the West Coast, it's like much more proper, you know, car instead of car.
2: Yeah, car. Dad,
3: so mean sounding. Well, you guys
2: are in the province that's like Scottish, New
3: Scotland, Nova yeah. Scotia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, can
2: you feel the influence? I have so many questions about yeah. this.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Anytime I've ever been over, I've never actually been to Scotland, but um, Ireland. It's like, oh, mm, like I can hear the similarities, but I also can't understand a fucking word. But even, even on
3: even on a grander scale, it's like when we 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 took a trip to uh, to Ireland together. We were that was going to be our honeymoon. Um, but we, we had to scrap that because of work, work got in the way, but we ended up going a couple of years later. And I remember as soon as we fucking landed and, and spent like any time in that oh, country, yeah. I was like, Oh, this is home. Yeah. This is where I'm from. Like I felt it was,
2: it's also such a comfortable place. I dated an Irish guy. For a while, and I was like, I could marry this guy,
1: yeah, (laughs) just because
2: the vibe. And I was
1: listening to this, Kevin. Right?
2: No, I'm not trying to fuck with you, Kevin.
1: Sorry, (laughs) just live your life, baby. Kevin, she's got someone. (laughs) I got a man. She's playing with you right now, okay, Kevin? Don't fall
3: for (laughs) it. Uh, Tell us about your show. You guys travel around. We were, I mean, before the mics started, you were saying you're heading to Tokyo. Yes, I love the idea of travel to to explore and like root around and dig into the cultural differences mm-hmm. um, because they are vast and they are great. And, you know, some of my favorite shows deal with that. But from a sex perspective, we're like That's dating or relationships. That's what's
2: so interesting because they're so actually interconnected.
3: Mm. And,
2: I mean, even outside of sex, but uh, feminism and LGBTQ
1: stuff it's all... Well, we were inspired by like Anthony Bourdain, right? That's why our show is called Private Parts Unknown. Ah, okay. So it's perfect. like a takeoff on his show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically, you know, the way that you can get to know a culture through their food, you can get to know a culture mm-hmm. through their attitudes towards sex and love and dating and sexuality. So we basically, once we realized that like we had interviewed a lot of people in LA and we still do local interviews, but we want to get the scope of what's out there and compare and really like learn firsthand what all the differences are. So, you know, that was that kind of what inspired the podcast.
0: I love that. Have you watched, um, Sex Around the World, uh, on Netflix? It's the, it's
1: like the serious version,
0: right? that
2: Christina Amanpour? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. She
2: actually did I think her first episode is Tokyo.
3: Sorry, what show I had to step out and close the
2: gate?
1: Um, did you let Todd out?
3: <laughs> Did Todd he had, he had get to Todd, go to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just make sure you, you bring a bag, okay? Because this is L A. Don't let a Todd just run wild. Oh my about god! You. Speaking
3: of L A., guys, can I just share this with you? I I had one of the highlight moments of my fucking life yesterday. We're walking down this alleyway, and <laughs> she's just like, "Whatever." No, not whatever. It was it was so like life changing for me. We were walking down this the alleyway to come back into the apartment after like a walk down in Venice. And there's this older couple, and they stop because their dog's taking a shit. And the guy takes out a bag to pick up the dog shit, and I'm standing there. I'm about to walk by him, and I just look, and I go, holy fuck, and he looks at me, and I go, you're Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he's (laughs) like, yeah, And I, (laughs) with a dog bag in his hand, and I just reached my hand out to shake his hand and awkwardly waited for like, what felt like five minutes for him to take the sh- dog shit bag oh. off his hand to shake my hand. <laughs> You're stood- such a
1: tool. Why did you want to touch him?
3: Because Beca- <laughs> he was my childhood hero. Like, I, like re- r- pro wrestling when I was growing up was like, I mean, that's all we have up yeah, in Atlantic fig- Canada. We don't we don't had, get much up there. You had
2: figurines in <laughs> oh, f- the hole. Are you
3: fucking kidding me? Absolutely. I had the pillow. Like, I I slept on him.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> you should have told him that. That's uh, what you should have led with. I, exactly. I could, I
3: could, after that, I shook his hand. I just went, thank you. And I just could, I had, <laughs> to, get fu- you, I had to get the fire. You cuddled
2: you. up against his chest. <laughs> you were like, ah, uh, <laughs> cradle me. Yeah, turn to
3: his cold, wife. Stone cold, cradle me. okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah anyway but good for really
2: you that is that LA's cool in that way
3: it is I, I feel cr- like
2: everyone that comes here for a couple days gets a story like that and I just live my life, and I don't see that many cool people.
1: I see people all the time. Actually, today, when we were at Barney's, because it's going out of business, (laughs) and Max was like, "Like, I'm going to buy the entire store.
3: Like Barney's the suit store? Barney's, the the,
1: Barney's New York, the very fancy. Yeah, like
3: like a clothing store, right? Yeah, Yeah. yeah,
1: you're at Barney's. No
2: shit, you're going to see somebody.
1: No, 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 but... You don't understand what Barney's looks like right now. It's seventy to eighty percent off, oh, and no. the ceiling is literally falling down. <laughs> Whoa. And the people look shell shocked who work there. and They're like, "This is too much."
4: Because what they are
1: doing is, ever since they announced that the store is closing, every week they've been discounting the merch five more percent, and now they've reached like almost rock bottom prices. So people are just <laughs> running wild at Barney's and stealing shit, and just like picking up people's bags whoa. full of Barney's stuff that they put down for a second and just walking out with them. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. It is so wild at Barney's right now. It is so funny. That's is, hilarious. Is Barney's like typically like pretty But expensive? anyway, I saw Kristen Chenoweth and she was like, sorry, while she elbowed me out of the way to get a hat. And I was like, this is so tight. No That's makeup. So we were all both wearing like exercise clothes. I was like, this is awesome.
3: How, I didn't catch. Where are you from?
1: Uh, I'm from Ukraine. Ukraine. Okay. I moved here when I was 11 to LA and yeah. then, um, I lived here and then went to college in D.C., lived in Maine and in Philly a little bit, and then I've been back right, okay. here for a while.
3: How is dating... How have you both... This is like a two-part question, I guess. How is dating, like, how is dating different here in L.A. versus Minnesota? Or how is dating different oh here God. in L.A. versus D.C.?
2: Well, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's up, Courtney, guys? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, uh, I was 23 when I moved from Minnesota... And I'm from a small town. I lived in Minneapolis like right before I moved out to LA, but most of my time in Minnesota, I was in a teeny tiny town of 4,000 people. That's being generous. Um, so they just date each other in that town. Yeah, that's they real just, small. Yeah, you got to be careful. Slim pickings.
3: If
1: it's a cousin, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. you really got to know, you know, <laughs> country shit.
3: What's that? There's an app I for know. that. Um, the, is, is, is there, there an farmers app for that? Only? No, yeah. no, 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 no. In Iceland. Yeah. yeah, in Iceland, yeah. they they have an app that it's like, "Oh, I'm going to date oh, yeah, like fruit Well, I got to check out to see if me and him are uh, share blood. And so it's like a it's <laughs> kind of like a it's like like ancestry.com and Tinder fucked and made this app and it's like you just input your
1: That's so your funny. family
3: tree and it's like, "Oh yeah, no, we can fuck. It's good."
1: And then if you have like a uh, like a little ancestral kind of fetish going on, that's also good. because yeah. they're like, "Oh, <laughs> You're I like, know exactly who my it. targets are."
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. You know? Which is big these days. We just talked to Holly Randall, and that's the clicky stuff. People love their...
1: Oh, we love incest. Their faux incest. You're talking to two people. Courtney and I obsessively read about incest. We're very fascinated with it. And it is
3: fascinating.
1: And also, the people that meet, uh, you know, if you haven't that's, met... This is our favorite part of this it. This is our
2: favorite part of this fetish. Uh, the When you meet, your father or mother or whatever and
1: you don't know as that an adult
2: them. and you didn't grow up with them and you don't have the aversion mm-hmm. built in like yeah. fuck ugh, this person's my parent you're like, oh, they're so similar to me in kind of a
1: sexy way. <laughs> yeah, and that you get is... attracted to them and fall in love and sometimes then you find out, oh my God, I'm related to this person and then a lot of times they can't fall out of love. Yeah, oh, and, and like...
2: sometimes it happens when you know you're meeting your dad for the first time mm-hmm. or whatever and then Whoa. you embark on this
1: romantic relationship. It's, yeah, it's Whoa. crazy. This happens and it's just how we were wired because you're like, you like the people you're related to, you know? Yeah,
3: that's funny because I, I often ask I've asked this question uh, a lot. I've, you know, I ask this question on dates a lot. Jesus Christ, maybe this says something about me. But I ask this question where I go: Do you think that if you didn't know your dad or you didn't know your brother or you didn't know your mom,
2: oh man, and then
3: you met them outside of that, like, do you think you'd be friends? But now I'm gonna start going: Do you think if you Would met you your... fuck them, <laughs> Would
1: you yeah, fuck yeah, your? Yeah, the
3: question has changed. It's now I've
1: never met my dad. I'm like I don't know. I don't know men of a certain age. Don't come near me. Oh my, <laughs> Probably god. my dad. I
2: know. Also, <laughs> my father is quite attractive. Oh my god! Your dad is totally hot <laughs> in a way that if I didn't know that that was my dad,
1: I'd. Pro- I don't know. Yeah. I can't trust myself. <laughs> He's very boyish looking.
4: <laughs> oh my god! Isn't it funny? His
0: parents run a lot, so they're like in really good shape. Oh, that's good. That must I be nice having parents that are like healthy and not that my parents aren't healthy. They're they're great. But
2: when I was growing up, the kids at school would tease me and be like, yeah, do your parents go out and run on the country roads and then they run down into the field and then they fuck <laughs> each other? That was like this extended fantasy that an entire classroom would partake in and I'd just be You're like,
4: like that's I, how hate I got you guys. Here. Yeah. <laughs> what's, yeah. a-
0: what's funny is like, I hope so, because that's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that instinct works in the opposite too. like Esther Perel will say once you're in a long term relationship with someone, they become like family. And then you can like it can fuck with your desire for them because we we just feel that that within the family is not appropriate. Mm -hmm. I
2: think that
0: I've I I hate hate
3: that. I hate it. I kind
2: of struggle with that. Frankly, the longer that I'm with someone and I'm with my current partner, the
1: longest that I've been with any person, they do become familial to you. Well, there's just, like, deal breakers. I'm like, okay, you have to not, like, blow your nose so intensely near me because it makes me want to die. And I'd like to eventually blow you if, again, you know? If this keeps <laughs> it's happening, gonna take I don't like know. Three days for
0: my skin to uncrawl itself. Yeah, from like, that shit thing. like that where yeah. I'm like, please, that's so
1: unsexy. Or, like, literally scratching your balls for, like, five minutes. So I'm like, <laughs>
3: yeah, a couple, no. A couple seconds, good. Yeah, no. Sure, it's,
1: yeah, it's that stuff, but it's also... Him
2: acting like my dad sometimes where he will be like, did you do the tire thing? And I'm like, shut up, dad.
1: That's just just a fucking boyfriend thing. They love saying shit like that. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. They'll always be like, would you pay that bill? I'm like, I'm not up your ass about your fucking bills. I know. Get out of here.
3: I do that all the time. (laughs) You (laughs) hassle (laughs) her? (laughs) No, well, you know what? I've learned. Not with her. I do with Becca a lot, though.
0: You don't do it with me because I did it to you and you were like, I fucking hate that. And now you do
3: it to your girlfriend. (laughs) Oh my God. God. This is fucking true.
1: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Hey, privates, boo, boo. privates with penises, I'm talking to you, <laughs> our sponsor Fleshlight can help you reach new heights with your self-pleasure. And that is because Fleshlight is the number one selling male sex toy in the world. And they don't just leave you hanging over there. At Fleshlight, you can explore sex toys with expert guides and advice, especially if you're a beginner or you're looking to level up. If you have been listening to this show for a while, you know how I feel about self-pleasure, and it is very, very good. And I definitely endorse using sex toys. I have a lot of fun with sex toys myself. So with the Fleshlight Girls series, you can embrace your wildest porn star fantasies with a different porn actress every night. What? With the variety of models, sensations, and intensities, you can live out limitless fantasies. And you can automate your fantasies with a universal launch that fits most Fleshlight products. With its innovative touch control system, just set the controls, sit back, and enjoy. And you have pleasure right in your hands. Your pleasure is in your complete control. And as the ultimate male pleasure device on the market, it's as versatile as you are anatomical stamina building vibrating or made for couples you name it you define your luxury moment and i just want to say if you have any shame around sex toys please don't it is so much better than being weird with girls because you feel kind of desperate or whatever fleshlight just allows you to chill out wait for the right girl when she comes and in the meantime you know you are going to be getting yours and having a good time so you don't even have to sweat it and right now Fleshlight is offering private parts unknown listeners 10% off your order with our code private10. So you just go to ppupod.com. That's the website ppupod.com. You click Fleshlight and you use the promo code private10 to get 10% off your delicious new device. Again, that is ppupod.com and enter code private10. And it really helps support the show. It helps support yourself and your own sex drive. So go ahead and use the link in the episode description. We can all be horny together. We can keep this podcast going. So get yourself a flashlight and get yourself off.
1: Let's dig yeah. into the their dynamic, yeah. can yeah. we? We have so yeah. many questions yeah, let's do it. about everything.
2: Okay, so what I know, I know you guys got together in theater school, right, Mm -hmm. in college. You were both studying acting. I know that you're married, but I don't know about the origin of how you guys got into polyamory and the whole thing, so... Do you want the short
0: version or the long version? Long version. Jeremy?
3: Oh, (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) Uh, I I feel like we both have uh, slightly different versions of this Ooh, that's
1: That's
0: good.
3: Yeah, because my version is that... I recall a moment uh, where we were, we had just maybe just finished having sex or we were laying in bed and uh, you had said to me that you understood that I had a, a, a pretty like high sex drive. I was, I was horny all the time, down to fuck every moment of every day. All I wanted was sex. And you were in a position where you felt like your sex drive, your libido, wasn't like matching mine. Um, it wasn't as like dire for you to to have as much sex. And we, I think, like we had both felt like that was a. Like we were f- both feeling that, like that was a, there was a bit of a disconnect there.
2: How long into your relationship?
3: Uh, this is pretty early. This is like maybe a year and a half into the relationship. We had both known this, that this was like kind of a thing, or it was becoming a thing. And you had said to me, um, listen, if, if you ever feel like you are not getting what you need from me, I am totally cool and okay if you need to find that elsewhere. So if you feel like you're you're not getting enough sex, like maybe like go get sex from somebody else. And that's cool with me. And I just remember her saying that and going, whoa, 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 whoa. N- fuck no. No. Because
2: had you ever done that in a relationship before? No.
3: Nope, no. And it was like, no, no, no. Because I know how this works. It's a two way street. If I start doing that, then that means you can do that. And I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even want to think about that. F- fuck this. And kind of like pushed it away. But the seed had been planted. And Bridie is very, uh, whether she knows it or not, is very good at inception. And so that seed started to slowly but surely grow. And that conversation piece would come back to the table every couple of months. But also around that time, our sexual our sexual relationship was was starting to evolve and change. You know, we were, like, talking about threesomes or talking about um, going... There was, like, a sex club, like, right down the street from where I lived, and those types of things started to, like, creep into our sexual relationship, which also just opened up more opportunity for that same conversation to come back into play.
0: And also, just for context on all of this, this wasn't part of anything I, or you, I think knew was happening... Before, no. like this was like a very strange. It felt like a very strange idea, and like I had never seen a model of of polyamory before, or open relationship before, or sex clubs before. Heard of heard, like obviously heard of threesomes, but I'm from a really small town as well, and like didn't grow up with. Was just you know I was too busy doing theater to. A to have a question though. With if
1: you when you offered or said to him, you can go, and if you need to get sex elsewhere do that when you said that did you in your head have an idea of what that meant were you like okay just like if he just fucks women and they're like one time deals or uh he can fuck someone and ha- or fuck them repeatedly did or you have rules in did your you head you have an
0: idea of what that would look like no so the first time i brought it up it was very much a surprise to me as well i don't even think i was thinking about myself wanting other sexual partners but i had been in like consecutive monogamous relationships where i was mm. um just like cheating on, cheating on my boyfriend mm. like making out with other people and like having feelings for other people and, like, just being, you know, what I felt like was, like, totally boy crazy. And I didn't know how to... I think I was worried that that was just going to happen in our relationship or Mm -hmm. that we would get to that point in a long-term relationship where we didn't want to have sex with each other anymore or whatever it was. And I I think that initial offer on the table came of a place of, like, fear. Of, like, I don't want to repeat what I've already experienced. So there has to be something that's going to intercept this like right. uh, cycle or this like habit that I have.
2: Good and for you, because it wasn't even part of the cultural conversation or the zeitgeist even it's a very like five years thing. ago. Oh, yeah. dude,
3: like I don't even think I knew what the, like. If you'd said polyamory to me back then, I would have been like, yeah, it's multiple wives. Totally. Mormonism, sure, sure, sure.
0: I remember the conversation, and we were mid-fight. Like It came from the like, just get the fuck off my back. That's how I felt.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That doesn't surprise that me. That is a yeah. totally
0: different interpretation.
3: But that's just one piece of it. Because I think when you look at this kind of stuff in retrospect, like you start to see all these other elements to your life that play a factor into it. And and I do I do think that another big part of it in terms of like where we've ended up now and like how we've gotten to where we are is also the fact that I live with a life shortening illness, mm-hmm. right? So like my life expectancy is, is much shorter than your average person. I live with cystic fibrosis and I mean, that's played a massive role in the way that I go through my life day to day. And so I, I think there's like part of that. I I know that there's part of that fact that has kind of like maybe allowed me to wrap my head around the idea a little easier or, um, because
1: there's no permanence.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. You don't want
1: to have regrets whenever you go.
3: Exactly. And, 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 uh, uh, you know, my first, my, I lost my virginity to Katie McCullough in grade eleven, and Shout her and out I, Katie, and Katie, what, what's up, girl? I love you. <laughs> Good and, job for and, taking that
1: V card, Katie. Yeah,
3: she, yeah, she nailed it. Uh, and and I was madly in love with her, and and stayed with her until I met Bridie, and then left her for Bridie, and then stayed with Bridie, and I, I never had the like, oh, go go be a slut, go like enjoy single mm-hmm. life, like. I didn't, I didn't even know if I, if I had that in me. And so having that piece of, on the table, like of going, yeah, go ahead and go get what you need if you need it, and then thinking, fuck, man, I'm 25, and I think I'm going to die in five years? <sighs> what am I, I doing? I'm married. What did I do? Like, what, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, I got I to gotta live my life. So, you know, I think that definitely played a role as well. Um, in my own personal life, like of, of how I, I don't want to say justified it because that makes it sound like I'm trying to make it.
1: Like it's something bad. Yeah, because it wasn't
3: bad, but it was a way that my brain justified. Um,
1: Allowing yourself to go there? Yeah,
3: wrapping my head around it and going, hey, yeah, you know what? This, is, this isn't this is the scariest thing on the fucking planet, which I thought it was when you first brought it up, you know? Mm. There's a lot to be gained here. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to take from this. Um, yeah, And,
0: and, I don't know if like the way you just explained it made it seem like we were married when this conversation no, happened. No, no, Yeah, no. But, um, but we didn't actually open the relationship for probably another five years after that conversation. Yeah. So what's the timeline? Oh,
2: wow. You guys got together. You were in your very early 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like a year and a half later, you had this conversation where it was maybe, and then how long did that idea incubate like you f- five years. Yeah. Like five years. And when yeah. did you get married?
0: 2011. So yeah. we met in 2007 and then we were a thing by 2008 and then we got married in 2011.
3: Got engaged so in 2010. So it would have been, you know, like.
0: Around that two- 2009 yeah. t- conversation. And then yeah. we opened a things up in 2015. Um. But we have the conversation. Wow, with-
3: babe, you were really good with the dates there. Uh-huh. That's a
0: yeah. I could never do that. No,
3: me neither. Yeah.
1: About you- your own life, you guys. No. About my own life, I can't. <laughs> I'm, the worst, the worst I'm like either
0: three to seven
1: years ago. I don't yeah, really know. Same. It's but- just will.
0: It's just the will to remember. You go. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna sit here until I can. Recall yeah, my no, life. I
3: literally got to go. All right, we got married. There was 11, was a big part of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 2000. There are 10 years in yeah. a decade. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then we started talking about the specifics of how it would work, whether it would work over the next five years. And then one day it was just the right time. So yeah. we did it. So, so we did, did write you- a contract. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. Yeah. Tell
2: us about taking the leap from just talking about it to it becoming a thing. <laughs> how did you decide on rules?
3: Yeah. So what's really interesting is that we we didn't and you kind of touched on this. We didn't have a model to go off of. We didn't have any. None of our peers really. I knew one guy who was like, "I'm polyamorous," and I was like, "What is that?" Um, But like, I only kind of knew him. You know, he lived in Montreal. Like, so we didn't have anyone close to us that we could kind of talk to about it. And we we really pioneered our own way through it. Like, we just kind of. Talked a lot about how we wanted to do it. We were reading similar books, like we were just kind of doing our own research and trying to figure out what to do. Now, what we did in, in hindsight, I don't, I don't know if I would like recommend fully. We we wrote out a contract, and I was, was like, this is a really great idea. And then later on, as our relationship, you know, evolved and morphed and turned into what it is now and started with this podcast we we were talking about the contract and and i remember someone reaching out emailing us going like there's a lot of issues with like that your like your contract and also contracts in general because here are some things you might not have thought about and mm-hmm. some of those things were like not really considering the person on the outside of mm-hmm. of our agreement that i never really thought of So, like, there were parts of the contract that I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe that wasn't the greatest overall. But it did really work for us in terms of being very clear in setting, you know, ground rules of what we are comfortable with, what we're not comfortable with.
0: Okay, there's so many things that I have to say about that. but uh, You disagree with me? I think, I do, I disagree with you. I mean, it might not be for everybody, but I do think that... We walk around the world in our relationships with this like set of expectations we have of the other person and we never express them and then we're constantly getting disappointed by the other person because they're not living up to our expectations, but we never actually told them yeah. what our expectations were. Mm-hmm. First of all, this was before we read any books on the yeah. subject. Yeah. And we didn't have a vocabulary to We had
3: read Sex at Dawn. Like like we didn't read books on the topic of polyamory, but we had read we had read some stuff on
0: you
2: read
1: a book,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you, I and, read, and you read. book. I still think yeah. you're
1: smart. It's fine. <laughs> yeah,
3: we, we had, we had read, we had read things about, you know, non monogamy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you're right. We, we didn't, we, we like, we hadn't read more than two, or like, you know, those books that that yeah. like are the are the encyclopedia of of consensual non monogamy. Yeah,
0: more of a manual. Yeah, and also my other beef with that is just like. When you get married, nobody tells you, or some people will probably tell you, but p- p- nobody told me. And it, maybe this is going to sound really like, mm, like angry, but I feel a lot of freedom in recognizing it. It's it's a business partnership. You're mm. financially attached to each other. So if you have a problem creating a, a contract for those kinds of expectations and things like that, then don't get married. Like yeah. there's a there's an un like unspoken contract I think it was a surprise to me it's like you get married and someone goes "And by the way here's what you just agreed to and I think for us in how things developed it was like oh um I I wasn't aware like there's no education in marriage so now that we know what we've actually signed up for how are we going to make this an reflection of our relationship Mm -hmm. that's not just about like (laughs) what is expected and what the norms are because we don't fit into that
3: box Mm -hmm. yeah would you not agree that like there were parts of that of the contract that like led to conflict just because of the inherently the way that like the way that things would go with with Something like a contract, you know what I mean? It's like something in the contract that like might need to morph or, sh- or shift or evolve. Um, but because it's in words in this way, when that thing comes up, then...
2: It has to be a living, breathing
0: document. Yes. I like it. Much like the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was. It,
3: which, it, Which it very much was, yeah, absolutely.
0: Like on the daily, as yeah. we realize like, oh, that's not a thing that... Actually, happens in this situation, but this other thing it is a huge is. issue, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I guess w- about other people like, w- there was definitely collateral damage along yeah. the way because, um, other people were involved and we were learning, yeah. But I think that's gonna happen regardless, or how you have mm-hmm. relationships yeah. with yeah. people.
3: No, yeah, you're that's a good point. You're right.
2: I think it's totally valid. The point of we don't always express or we rarely express our expectations to our partners. <laughs> They're just supposed to magically know yeah. and everybody's expectations are different. Yeah. And
3: it's just... mm. mm-hmm.
2: What were your rules starting out?
3: There were things like, um, uh, if we meet someone and, and we're like uh, intending to, you know, take that somewhere, then they 100% have to know about like, if I met someone, they have to know about Bridie. They
0: mm-hmm. have to know
3: she exists um, things like if there was ever any kind of discussion with that person where they start alluding to like you leaving their partner or whatever, like th- that's like a n- no go. Um, uh, no sleepovers was like one thing um, for yeah.
1: you sleeping over at their place or them just sleeping period. Off? Oh yeah. yeah, either way. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. and like that—that's one of those things that evolved over time evolved over time and it's also one of those things that i look at now and i go that's kind of a shitty thing that we put in there but i guess it it makes sense but i look at it i I guess i'm looking at it from the perspective of where we are now
0: well it's about building trust yeah right (laughs) and it's like that that's where the value was like step by step by step easing into it in such a way that Mm. everybody feels well the couple feels safe i guess
3: uh what were some of the other rules though
0: uh, no talking about our intramarital, um, like, complaining about each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs>
4: yeah. That's, that's really smart. Yeah. You're like, don't yeah. shade
0: me when you go out with your... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah,
1: you can't, like, make the new person everything good and the old person everything bad. Because uh-huh. not only is that not true, but it'll, like, totally wreck it'll your actual perception mm-hmm. of
3: yeah. the relationship. But, but again, that's another rule that that definitely evolved and changed. Like, I mean, didn't even evolve. It just kind of disappeared. You know, yeah,
0: that's true because I counsel you and your relationship with your girlfriend. And, ap-
3: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we vent to each other mm-hmm. about, and you know, I, I definitely vent to Becca sometimes when when I'm when, pissing you yeah, off. Yeah, when you piss me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't
4: happen very. But often. I mean,
3: what's really funny is when that shit happens when they're when they're at the house. Yeah. You know, like when Becca's home, and then you and I get in a fight, or when you're home and Becca and I get in a fight.
2: Uh
3: huh. That shit always makes me laugh.
2: And you guys also li- live with. You have roommates that aren't partners as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And yeah. Becca lives with you guys.
3: No, no. no. So Becca has her own place. Well, actually, now Becca moved to Yellowknife, so she lives. In, she lives like in on the North Pole um, <laughs> for the next year.
2: Oh my! To do what?
3: She's a nurse, so she's doing travel nursing. So she went up there to just make a bunch of money.
2: Good for um, her.
3: Gone up for she, uh, she's technically she's actually up there for like a year and a half. Um, so she left uh, like a week ago. So she, but she didn't, she lives, she has her own place. Um, we share a home and Todd has his own place. Um, and then we also have at our house, we have a couple of roommates. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. So how do Todd This'll, and Becca fit into your like
0: daily lives?
3: Um,
0: uh, well, Todd and I are cur- currently uh, that are our, our daily lives every day. For the next yeah, few a, months, in a very are small pretty intertwined. House on wheels. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, and, and <coughs> how about when you're not in a van? <laughs> yeah, traveling. So it's uh,
3: we 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 see. I mean, we see a lot of each other just in general. You know, it's uh, a a typical day could be me coming home from Becca's house to find Bridie working and Rose is at the house and the dog. And Todd, yeah, the dog, Todd and Bridie's dog, and then Todd comes to hang out for a bit and they make dinner at the house and I, Becca comes over, we all hang out for a bit, have some drinks. Maybe we go to a movie, we invite Brian and Todd and they're like, yeah, we haven't seen that movie yet. We all go together. It's the, it's a very like amicable family, you know? Um,
0: yeah, our house is kind of a bit of a hub for it at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, Becca has a dog
3: ever... as well. So, like, her dog's always at the fucking house. We have a dog. <laughs> so, like, it's just... <laughs> there a, are
2: three dogs three for dogs. every three partnership dogs,
1: yeah. has a dog. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. so That's cute. adorable.
3: adorable. And they all love each other. They're mm-hmm. all, like, yeah, best friends. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet little little setup.
1: Do so, Becca and Todd have other
0: partners?
3: Becca does. Yeah, Becca does. Todd doesn't. You guys you guys have kind of closed things off. Yeah, like, you guys are...
0: Monogamish.
3: Yeah. Whereas Becca and I, Becca and I, see other people.
2: Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So Mm -hmm. we were talking about money just a a minute ago because you guys are married and that's part of the deal. Um, How does that work? I mean, is does it ever get weird because there's an extra person that you kind of have to think about financially, or people?
0: Well, I think uh, when we open things up. Uh, there was a a brief period of time where um, we continued on as normal, like pool, we pooling all of our resources, like in that particular structure of sharing finances. <laughs> and then uh, and then after a little bit, I was like, OK, m- you know, my version of dating is like. Let's go for a hike. Let's, like, you know, walk dogs. Let's, you know, whatever. And Jeremy Free is, like, shit. soup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and Jeremy's, like, wants to go out and, like, buy you know, to the restaurants and to the bars and, like, movies and shit like that. Yeah, and Yeah. yeah. That's, that's and so awesome. I was, like, I'm not going to pay for your dates anymore. And, you, yeah. you know, you're not going to pay for mine. So we split our finances. You know, I, if I was going to give advice to, like, people getting married depending on what their goals are together I'd be like keep your finances separate have, yeah, have uh, sh- go in you yeah, know Go 100%. in on things together
3: and like we but. we split those finances in a very like in a very business kind of way it's like okay Jeremy you utilize the car more often than than Bridie, so you make the car payments mm-hmm. and you know Bigby is a big expense every month so uh, you know Bridie will take the cost of Bigby and you know, rent is like a.
0: Any of our shared expenses are divided in yeah. half, but we each just take different yeah. bills. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's how that works. And that it works. Sense. Yeah. It's good. Yeah yeah, it works works. Great. Yeah. 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 And then we share, we do have a shared bank account still where it's just yeah. like for things like this, mm-hmm. we, we go in what's, equally. Yeah.
3: What's really funny about that though, and I've, I haven't thought about it, like no one's asked us that, it is a, which is a good question. And, and I haven't put much thought into it because I try not to think about Money, because I, 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 hate it, <laughs> I hate I know, I know. Hate it's
1: always so awkward and horrible. Yeah. and if you grow up poor, it's just such a source of being nervous. When you just, think and about being it an artist, you're <laughs> like, I don't know, I
2: can't yeah. even think about that. It's not part of the equation. You're like, does anyone have soup?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when so we we end up splitting our finances, and when, when we did that, it was like there was this this sense of. Um, this sense of like independence and comfort that comes with knowing like okay yeah all right this is like mine <laughs> and i know what i can do with this and i know what i can't do with this and and so i got really i got really into that because i don't like to think about money before this moment it was it really was like all right you handle it yeah like, it was my role this is your fucking yeah. deal all right was, yeah. so now that i have this thing that's mine i'm like yeah all right cool i got control over this <laughs> then i started dating becca and i'm like mm-hmm, our fun we don't have like we don't share finances that's cool you have your place you have your dog i have my shit but we hang out and then you know then deep into our relationship she's like can we start <laughs> you know, becca's like can we start like just like sp- just Splitting everything like evenly, and and, and I'm like, right? What? She's like, can we like can like can we do a thing where it's like, you know, instead of asking for split bills, we just get a bill together? And it's like, you pay it sometimes, and I pay it sometimes, and I fully went on to, like full fucking panic mode. And was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can handle. I, I we gotta break. <laughs> we gotta break up. I can't. I can't if I can handle this. How and, long
1: ha- have you been together?
3: Uh, Becca and I have been together three years. You and I have been together for 10 or 11. 11. Yeah.
0: And how about you and Todd? Uh, three years, too. Yeah. Oh. Did, we, did you
1: meet around the same
4: time?
3: Around yeah. the same time, yeah. Like a, a few months apart, I would say.
1: Hang on, though. What'd you do
2: about the bills? Did you just decide One, to wait, so unclench was, your asshole? I did.
3: Yeah, yeah, I did. She was really adamant uh, that we try it, and I went, fine. And we tried it, and it's. I it was actually quite nice great yeah so yeah so there's the, it's like a
2: look at old jeremy going with the flow that's <laughs> it
3: man i telling you that's like <laughs> i'm just i'm I'm, a, I'm an evolving human i'm not uh my asshole might be tight but it's not that tight <laughs> <laughs> there's room
2: oh i got something i want to talk to you about so all you, i have is
1: rude personal questions <laughs> yeah oh, girl, I, I, I'll you're
3: I'll gonna love, love this next question
2: okay, okay, great jeremy loves i think correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> male male female threesomes
3: Ah, no. Um, I've never had one. Uh, Did
2: I read that wrong? Do you love, I, I, you lo- I've love never that. had
0: one either, but I'm down.
2: Was that not in an article that I read about you? Did it's, I get that wrong? It was,
3: it's, it's something that I've thought about a fuckload. And I'm, I'm, I'm super down to do it. But it's got to be the right guy. And if I am going to go that route... I I would much rather not do it where it's like it's like me and my buddy like spit roast high five. We're gonna <laughs> share this chick. Like if I'm gonna do this, I wanna I wanna you he better be cool with me
1: doing dick stuff. Doing
3: dick stuff with him. You know, yeah. like I like I want this to be a shared experience with all three of us. But I'm uh y- you guys just did an episode on the Kinsey Institute yeah, uh-huh. and the and the museum. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever heard of the Kinsey scale, I was like, mm, "I'm on that scale somewhere. I'm definitely on that scale somewhere. And I'm not, it's not a zero. I know I'm not a zero. So we had James Cantor on my other podcast, sick boy, who is a, a sexual psychologist and uh, and also a gay male, which which actually like plays pretty big into his story about what he focuses on. Um, but we when we finished the recording. He's he I don't think he was ready for what was coming at him because he was sitting down with three like fucking bros that are just like all about dick jokes, and he's this like very professional doctor who's like, "Why did I show up here? Why did I sign up for this? he, he We're now like best friends he he loves Aww. us. but when the recording was over, he was about to leave and I go, oh wait James, can you just like can you give us ten more minutes and uh, hit record again and And we were like, we, we're trying to figure out how gay Jeremy is. And you could see like the fucking color drain from his face. But we were like, okay, where would, if Jeremy was on the Kinsey scale, where would he fall? And so he, he straight up was like, all right, well, do you jerk off to the thought of other men? And I'm like, mm, no, I, I haven't. He's like, do you think you could? And I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe I could. I haven't tried it. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll try it. And he's always like asking all these questions. And I think by the end of it, he was like, mm, you like it two. And I was like, yeah, all right, that's I'm on the scale. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Guy, the guys are like, "Where's the?" You're zeros. in the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the game. So, I've been trying to like, I don't know, you know, over the last uh, since that day, I've been kind of just like exploring what would it be like to practicing kind of go a little jerking further. off.
1: Corny and I only think about ourselves when we jerk off. Which which is inherently kind of lesbian, right? Yeah.
3: About ourselves or about each other?
2: No, no, no. no, 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 no.
1: About ourselves. Just ourselves. I think about me, <laughs> Courtney. Definitely. She and thinks I think uh, about me, Sophia. That's... <laughs> and we didn't realize we we're both so selfish and self-obsessed until we discussed this, and then we were like, "Oh, sweet."
0: So I you- mostly think about myself too. I wonder yes, if that's a female that, thing. That, I is, think no, it's a, that's
1: a type. That's like a
0: type of person.
1: When I, I, I have a joke about this. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I have a joke about this, and when I ask in in club for people to clap uh, if they think of themselves only when they jerk off. It's always a very small but very passionate percentage.
3: Okay. So what are you thinking then? Are you thinking of like... Of
1: my body and people doing stuff to it. Yeah. And not people, just like body parts. Mm. I've never thought of like an actual real other... Right, like no
0: celebrities or, or like faces, or even like
1: yes. a made up. I just dream don't person. care. It's all no. like dicks, yeah. titties, pussies, and boobs, and but you stomachs. But, but oh, like on I'm me, the center on of the me. universe.
0: Yeah,
3: it sounds exactly. like a great music video.
1: <laughs> it does. <laughs> you know? It is welcome <laughs> to our mind every time we fucking jerk off. It's pretty great.
4: <laughs> okay, but I feel like
1: that's. If there's like a sociopathy yeah, slash right. narcissism part of the Kinsey scale, you know, if the Kinsey scale wasn't a scale right. but like a graph, right, 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 <laughs> like with a third mm-hmm. dimension, That's so funny,
3: yeah. So the MMF threesome is something I've I've I definitely think about, but open haven't to. done. Open, open to, and and like it's like, like you know it's on my like sexual bucket list. I would say.
2: Nice. It's For on sure. that, I, the reason I asked. I swear to God, I read it somewhere. I think it was <laughs> in, a, in a
3: Vice article. It we was did, in the Vice we, article. Yeah.
2: The guy made it sound like you did it all the time.
3: We talked about it a lot, but I think it was it was it was more so about the like. It's I want to I want to fucking try it. Anybody out there? But again, it has to be. <laughs> I
1: love that you were during a press opportunity. You were putting out <laughs> yeah. feelers. Yeah. You're like, if you wanna, if you wanna email. You're like, I'm just out here to draft players. Yeah, know? yeah.
3: There's two guys that I've I've been able to wrap my head around. And Mm. and like have been very into the idea of, and one, one, and I know he knows Chris
1: Pine. That's why you guys are here. Like Liam Uh, Halsworth. Stone Cold
3: Steve Austin. (laughs) Um, uh, No, they both actually, they, they both live in Halifax and uh, one of them for sure knows it because, well, I've told him, but he just got, he just (laughs) got married uh, to, to another lovely gentleman. So I think that's off the table.
1: Well, you don't know what
3: they're married. Oh is like. no, I think oh, gay, no, I a lot of gay oh, men. You know, yep. know yeah, maybe marriage, you're gonna yeah. have an MMM. Nope, they're very, they're very monogamous. They're very, they're, they're, they're just, they're too, they're too cute. Anyway.
1: Wait, God. can I ask a personal, rude question? Yeah. Do y'all still fuck?
3: No. We don't. And we've never we've we never, never, talked, never about talked about it on the show before. Okay, this is wh- yeah. I.
1: That's so funny I'm that you so asked glad that. That you answered me honestly. This yeah. is so vulnerable, and I'm here for it. Because- well, we,
3: we've talked about talking about it on the show, but we were like, eh, we'll just wait until yeah. The, I don't want to make moment. a thing about it. And there's the, there's the moment right there. Mm. Oh. No, it's now no,
2: it's cash. It's super th- cash because you guys are you work together too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't th- this that- doesn't
3: feel like work though? It like I don't know.
2: No, I mean That's, it's listeners, this is a very serious job. I don't just wh- don't want to get it yeah. twisted.
3: <laughs> we we have worked together uh, um, outside of this. Like real work work work. And that that took a toll. Like like uh, we couldn't do it. it. It was too much. But this is this is much different. This is this is there's a difference between working together and creating together, I think.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that um, I view uh, I think, very much reinforced by this experience. Um, relationships, like, partnerships as as having a purpose that is creation because I'm not having babies and, mm. but I still have the impulse to create and to bring things forth and nurture them in the world and I think of this as our, This is our baby. Our baby. Yeah. And, uh, That's and, awesome. And ultimately, like, you know, we met in acting school. We've been, kind of trying to figure out what we were going to make together for a long time. And it was like, maybe yeah. we'll make, write a play or make a movie or whatever. And then, and there has been
3: a lot of things that we tried, you know, mm-hmm. or like that we, you know, th- there were like, there were the, the little seedlings of these things that we were going to create together. And then they all, they always, they always seem to like peter out or they just, they didn't really catch, but this was the one that just felt so fucking right. And, and, Honest to fucking god, even if it didn't have legs, which it most certainly does, but even if it didn't, I think we would still probably do it. Yeah, you know? that's
1: how you know it's like a passion mm-hmm. project. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So, but, w- but, what does
1: this
2: mean about your relationship?
3: Yeah. So it, this, I I've 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 thought about this a, a lot, and there's you know I'm a I'm a, a very sexual person, and if you had asked me ten years ago if I could ever be in a Relationship with someone that was like a non-sexual relationship. Um, sorry, that that sounds like I'm saying that I couldn't have any relationship with anybody unless there was sex involved. Uh, <laughs> I have lots of relationships with people that we're excited like, to yeah, be like, here. Yeah. We're
1: excited <laughs> to be here. Like a romantic
3: talk about the incest thing, you know? Uh, you like
1: a romantic relationship.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but like a, a, par- a partner. Um, I ten years ago I would have been like, no, there's no possible way, and but the, i i i most certainly don't feel that way now like i could not this this relationship uh is very much to me is a marriage very much is to me a romantic loving relationship an intimate very intimate relationship that doesn't need sex and and it's a relationship that like i i could not wrap my fucking head around not Having, and it's not a, it's not a platonic relationship. At least it doesn't feel that way for me. Mm-mm. It it is very much like an intimate, loving relationship. But I mean, it's kind of a sexual relationship because <laughs> our job is to talk about sex all the time. And yeah, it's
0: interesting. And I share would say... our sex
3: lives together, and but it's it's just uh, again we pioneered. Our own relationship, it never once from the very beginning was a typical relationship. It's always been very different. And uh, I fucking love every ounce of what it is and what it has become and what it will continue to be. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've thought about it a lot too. And I think that like, you know, we've faced a lot of people questioning, like, why are you guys, well, why stay married? Like, why be together if, you know, you're just going to go off and, like, live a huge part of your life with somebody else? And, um, like, well, we don't want to get divorced. That's really... Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. <laughs> that's pretty, mm-hmm. that's the only reason. And and it, it it is hard to say that and feel... Because there's not, I don't have any models of that again to like back that up with, but it, it, I've, you know, I've read about it. I know it (laughs) exists. And, um, and it's just like to me, the most maybe like grounded practice I have of like, well, what do you want? What do I want? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be.
3: And if we weren't having sexual relationships with other people, yet we weren't having sex. Um. Like, I don't. Do you? I don't. Th- I don't think we would last because we would be so. Like, I, I feel like our needs, mm-hmm. which would not be met, would cause such a like such a uh, rift between mm-hmm. us. So the fact that we can be sexual beings with other people is. You know, it's like a huge part of our relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like I, I feel like there maybe maybe there's someone out there listening, going, "Well, f- fucking of course you're polyamorous. You fuck other people, but you don't fuck each other." Oh, okay. Well, Becca and I have sex with each other, and we have sex with many other people as well. And I I am just as madly in love with Becca as I am with Bridie. That's just another relationship with a diff very different dynamic. You know. So yeah.
0: A lot of the reading we do is like, you know, people have these expectations of everyone of of their relationship and it's like fulfill all these different parts of me and Mm -hmm. then that doesn't happen and people get resentful and, and the monogamy like, um, structure is so solid and, and feels so sacred, uh, and unbreakable to, to some people. But it's like, it's really not that hard to think just even a little bit outside the box about it. You know, just like, what Mm. do you want? Who do you want to spend your time with?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think uh, it was interesting on one of your episodes, I heard you guys kind of mention this, and I wanted to get into it a little bit more, but how the things that you're scared of at the beginning or people on the outside that aren't poly would think would be a huge issue are actually totally different than the real challenges you face or the real insecurities that you feel once you're actually doing it. What would you say are either the common misconceptions that people are scared of going in or what you were scared of? And then what's the real stuff that was like, oh, this is something I didn't think would come up, but it actually does.
0: That's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody thinks that the jealousy is going to be too hard and it's going to destroy the relationship. I'm raising my
2: hand. Right. You guys, like, that's what I think.
0: You have to be absolutely ready to do a lot of work on yourself all the time because we like we just spoke with someone earlier today who who is a couples therapist and single therapist and she talks a lot about jealousy um but she's also a mindfulness and meditation teacher and that's her way through those like waves of we talked about the insanity like of jealousy and how like people kill over it mm-hmm. um mm. and we both are yoga teachers, and we have a mindfulness background. And so much of acting is also mindfulness based. And um, I think we got lucky that uh, even though jealousy is f- 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 still ever present, like we have the, some tools to breathe through it. And
3: the jealousy always, also, I mean, and I, I am speaking very personally about this, but I I feel like I can't be alone in that the jealousy it changes. We're at a place now in our relationship where like the jealousies that I would have been thinking about before I became poly or or before I could like wrap my head around it the, the jealousy I feel now is much different than it was. How? Like I find myself getting less jealous about the things that I would have been jealous about and and more jealous about the things that I maybe wouldn't even have like thought of if that makes sense. It's yeah.
2: like, can I toss out an example I heard on your podcast? That yeah. I think, so I listened to the one where you were s- mentioning Brighty to him that your Christmas plans were maybe yes. going to involve your sister and, but Todd was going to be there. And is it okay if Todd hangs out with my family? Cause I know you love my family and that's a
3: perfect example. Right. And it's like that when that came up, the immediate reaction was like, Oh, I've, feel i feel i feel jealous i'm not going to be a part of that i feel jealous i'm not there i feel jealous like i felt this pang you know uh that familiar feeling of like of jealousy um didn't feel jealous that like i'm not going on a 5 month fucking road trip mm-hmm. you, you know living out of a van and being like super close to you but feeling very jealous that like i'm not going to be sitting next to the Christmas tree with my nieces on Aww. Christmas Day, but you get to, like, and, and Todd gets to. That's what I used to do. But then again, not only does it feel different in the way that things come up, you also kind of, the way you deal with the jealousy shifts very, very dramatically as well. It's like that, that moment of jealousy for that one thing about Christmas, that lasted, like, all of, it, it was in that episode, you heard it begin, mm-hmm. you heard the middle of it, and then you heard me resolving it and going, oh, I feel good now. You know, and that's in the span of like four minutes. Like this very brief window where it comes and goes and you go, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, for a second you were mad she brought it up or you were just like, what? we don't have to talk about this on the podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but she was like, I'm demonstrating <laughs> yeah. to our listeners what we do and it was a perfect demonstration. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's one thing that's definitely surprised me about it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that surprised me is and you Bride, you were the you were one of the first to bring bring it up in within our relationship and, and our dynamic of of what polyamory was to us, but the the feeling of compersion. So mm-hmm. like actually So
2: define compersion for our listeners. Yeah,
3: compersion is like the the feeling of um So an example of compersion was on Christmas morning when I get a text from Bridie or like a video from Bridie at my sister-in-law's house with my nieces and I see how happy everyone is and I see that Todd is there. I feel so elated that Todd is experiencing something so nice. Like I feel good knowing that my partner's partner feels good.
2: Yeah, and you typically people talk about it in the context of like it turns me on to think about my partner with another person, right?
3: Yeah, I guess that's the, I've I've yeah yeah I've never took it that way though I've always seen it I was, I've always seen it like I lo- sure right maybe I've just been reading it wrong but like <laughs> Or you just so much more it,
2: romantic than yeah, the average yeah, person
3: <laughs> Yeah, but like seeing pleasure and but but I I don't I've always read it as like seeing your partner. Receive, seeing your partner receive pleasure from your partner but I've never looked at it from a sexual standpoint interesting I've always looked at it as like yeah seeing my partner and their existence provide pleasure and happiness to somebody else i you said it to me one time and it was it was the moment that it really clicked which was um you know this whole thing of, of us opening our relationships like I, you've done so much So this is me speaking as variety because this might sound a little confusing. You've done so much for me in my life and have provided me with such joy that it would be crazy for me not to allow you to offer that to somebody else because that in and of itself makes the world a better place. So I want you to give what you've given me to others because I know how fucking good it is.
1: Right, that's so beautiful.
3: And it—that was one of the most beautiful things you've ever said to me. And it was like one of the moments where I went, "Yeah, that's cool. I like that."
0: I heard that from Jake, our friend Jake, who is polyamorous. He was the um, one, per- yeah, one the person. Yeah, the guy we knew. in Montreal. Yeah. He said that once, and I was like, um. I, that doesn't resonate with me. <laughs> but then after a while it did, and it was because of the first episode of Sick Boy. So the first episode of your other podcast mm-hmm. um, was before we just, the same summer, we um, opened our relationship. I heard you, the preview, I heard the episode before it was ever released. Yeah. And uh, you made a joke about how you were dying and how... That's it, not a fucking joke, Brody. Right? you <laughs> What? Um, you were, when you proposed, you were like, the max you got to commit is like 10 years. (laughs) And I heard that and I laughed and it was funny. And, um, and then I was like, wait a minute. Is that a part of my, why I will be this person's partner is because I know that it has an expiry date, Mm. you know, like other relationships I'd be in and I'd be like looking at this person, I'd be like, I'm going to die next to this person. <laughs> but then in this situation, it's like, I will outlive, I will likely outlive this person. So even if it's a terrible, if it, even if it goes terribly, I'll have another chance on the other side, Right. you know? Yeah. And I, and I, but it's these are the questions I was asking myself after I heard that episode. Cause I was like, maybe am I just like, it could any part of me just be like waiting it out for other experiences or not waiting it out, but just living in such a way that I'm like, well,
3: being content, knowing that there's, there's kind of
1: having insurance or something. Yeah. Mm. Kind of. You normally don't have that with Mm -hmm. marriage. You're like hoping it goes forever. Yeah. Part of you is like, (laughs) oh my God, what if it goes forever? And then here you're like, fundamentally that's not an issue.
0: Mm. And on the tails of that, this person's going to die only having had me. And am I keeping him from having experiences that I'm not like, you know, we were already splitting off in terms of like what we enjoyed doing with our our hobbies and mm-hmm. like how we liked spending our time and it was like I don't want to hold this person back.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. also
0: it's kind
2: of beautiful that you know on the other side of that coin it's like he gets to know like whatever fear that you're like is she gonna be okay you know when I'm gone like I love her so much is she gonna what's her life gonna be like or whatever you get to see you get to see now you get to be like oh I I love the person that she's with and I get to see her be happy and I just know that whatever happens is gonna be okay yeah yeah it's just beautiful all the way around good job you guys
3: yeah yeah, um, that is nice. I've never thought about that or thought about it that way. But that is it. That is a very like that's a very beautiful thought of being like, oh, I'm I'm leaving, but you're good. You you're see in, the person taking care of yeah. in front of you. Yeah, yeah.
1: One of the things that like my grandpa started doing um before he got like too old is he started giving me his shit. And he was like, I don't want you to get it after I die mm-hmm. and have it be a really sad memory. He's like, I want to give it to you now while I'm alive. And then you have a really happy memory attached to it. And then, you know, it doesn't have to be. It's the same thing is Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. Quick
1: question. How do y'all's families feel about uh, you guys having other partners and bringing them around? Do they are they cool? Do they not care?
0: They're cool. Yeah, it took my family a little while to come around to uh, to it. I I didn't really tell them until um, I, I held off as long as I could. But after Todd and I had been seeing each other for a year, I was like, oh, I'd kind of like you to meet my some of my family. Um, my my mom and dad were our my my mom and dad. <laughs> it's
3: a couple of fucking hippies that with were the, like, uh, babies all yeah, over the place. Yeah. They're
0: totally fine with it. My my stepmom was a different story, but she's she's open to it now. And
3: yeah. My, my family were my family were kind of like, what? <laughs> okay, I <laughs> guess. And then I don't think it like clicked for my family, especially my mom, until uh, I got really sick once. And um, this was like maybe a few months mm. before Christmas. And I, when I was in the hospital, actually, Bridie was away, and I and was going to come home. I think like a week into me being in the hospital and being very, very sick. So total of two weeks in the first week, Becca was there every fucking day. My mom was also going to be there every day, every day. Mm-hmm. So she's seeing Becca taking care of me and then Bridie comes home and now it's Bridie and Becca and my mom, like all sort of through texts, like taking shifts to take care of me in the hospital. And I think that experience was, was pretty pivotal for my mother to see and go, Oh, I see what this is.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I remember specifically after that, like very soon after I got out of the hospital, my mom was like, Becca's coming for Christmas, right? Like but, you know, Becca can come over for Thanksgiving dinner with the whole family. Like it was like she wanted That's to really she made, wanted to make sure that Becca felt included in the family. That's adorable. Yeah, it was very it was very sweet. And um it from that moment forward, it was like it it there was there was not a, a hint of well, what will the neighbors think? Kind mm-hmm. of thing, which which that was kind of the deal before. It was like, oh Jesus, what do I what do I tell Ethel? You know, like what do I fucking tell my friends? <laughs> yeah. uh, after that moment, it was like, no, this is this is Becca, like Jeremy's girlfriend. You know, and and they were a really... lot of
0: a lot of joking. They <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. made a lot of jokes. Like, yeah. just... well, you gotta you gotta yeah. get it out of your system. Yeah, yeah.
3: So it was, uh, yeah. My family's really really awesome with it, and they they love. Yeah, they 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 think it's. I think they think it's great.
1: I gotta say though, it's like pretty, pretty incredible that, um, but also I think something important to remember when, when things that are like quote unquote unorthodox, uh, happen like relationships or, uh, sexuality stuff or whatever that, you know, people always make such a big deal about like, how will people, how will we explain this? How will people Mm. get it? And I think it's because until someone sees it in practice, they can't picture it which is what your experience was like getting into polyamory so i think for parents to be like jesus how could you possibly have a girlfriend and be married but then they just see both people being nice to their son or daughter yeah yeah. then they're just like oh that's how yeah you know and and then that's no longer a question it's because if you don't have a reference point for it you are just like Right, letting your mind run wild or whatever but ultimately yeah. all you need to see are the two people actually interacting with your child yeah. and then suddenly you're not as worried and you're like oh okay
2: it's like when you know people who have gay children of course at first yeah. they're like I'm sorry what you just broke my brain and then
1: they're like oh I love this person yeah, yeah. and they're like I don't understand who's the man <laughs> Or whatever. and yeah. then you know totally. a, a, a month later they're like oh I love Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I understand now. Yeah. Um,
2: I feel like we need to go to Halifax. Oh, dude. And for one of our trips. It's Absolutely. If
3: yeah. you, you,
1: you make that happen, we we, well,
2: okay. we should do a live show with these guys. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. my God. Fuck yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. I have
2: so many. I want to really. I started then researching where you guys live and I was like this is fascinating
3: Halifax is really fucking cool because it's like it is it's a it is a small city but it doesn't feel like like ugh, like you know like claustrophobically small
2: mm-hmm um, how many people uh
3: three hundred and fifty thousand
2: so like a like, proper city po- like put
3: yeah it's like yeah it's a proper city um but it's the proper city that like it's in a small it doesn't take up much space and you know going for a short walk you're you're like you're saying hello to like three people on that walk kind of thing you know but but it also feels like a city it doesn't feel i don't know i love it but the, like the, it's also got a really killer scene you know uh-huh. there's a lot of young people who are mm-hmm. like very driven a lot of like creatives everybody's supporting everybody like it it's 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 rad i, I it's honestly my favorite city period like it's wow like, it, it, honestly you're hard strong for endorsement also do. we could
2: do a little Canada loop because mm-hmm. I sold t-shirts on the girls gone wild tour when I was 21 What? and we went from
1: incredible story
2: Vancouver Island to we we wound up flying out of Toronto because we essentially got kicked out of the country but we were supposed to go coast to coast and Sophia you and I could complete the tour <laughs>
3: how the fuck did you get that job what was like, what? Desperation. Led... Yeah, I don't right, know. sure.
2: No, I just moved. Just a lot of sadness. I moved to LA when I was 21 and just was not really ready for.
3: Were you uh, like on the GGW bus? Yes. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've seen that bus. You might have been on that bus. They loved
2: Canada yeah. because you guys, they were like, these we will fool them. Every small town will just get in there. We'll get these <laughs> girls to show their titties. It's on. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Holy
3: that's so shit. funny. Did you know my one of my first jobs ever was working in a porn store? Yeah. yeah, it was the best. I loved it. Me and Holly had a, uh, had a big chat about it. It was... Oh, nice. Yeah,
2: yeah oh, you guys porn- got to talk connect. to Holly
0: Randall. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. She's great. She's awesome. Yeah, she's really rad.
0: So when you travel and like get source stories <laughs> for your podcast, what what are your methods? Like how do you dig in? Do you have All to- methods are on the table, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both do research like just reading up on stuff, but then we also use our uh, personal Friends and friends of friends, mm-hmm. and that's really been really cool um to just go to other countries and only meet the person for the first time and be like my friend in America says you're cool or whatever mm. or ah. anywhere. So um that's been really fun for us.
3: What's been one like one of the cultural differences or or one of the things that like stand out the most that kind of blew your mind?
2: This is kind of an interesting juxtaposition actually about when we went to Helsinki. We were blown away by how feminist it is. Just it feels different to be over there. And it's so interesting over since we were there about a year ago now. And I've read so many articles about the things that we experienced over there. But the feminism is so strong. And it's because it's a fairly new country. Um, And Sweden controlled it for a while. Russia controlled it for a while but just in the last 100 years they got independence. Where is Helsinki?
3: Where is it? Finland. Yeah. Finland. Okay, so okay. it's
2: so it's right by Estonia. It's uh Sweden is uh to the west, Russia is to the east and um they got crushed. That whole region just got totally crushed in World War II. Ooh. And so women were so instrumental in keeping everything together. Yeah. And So that really is the foundation of feminism in that country. And then it was interesting for our next big international trip to be Mexico City because that's such a machismo-driven culture Right. that it was so interesting to then... The vibe is totally different. We did an episode about masculinity when we were there, and we also got to talk to some really cool kind of gender... Bending artists and a, a lesbian performance artist.
1: One thing we found to be funny that's, like, quick is in Helsinki, there's not a lot of PDA. And yeah. And then you go to Mexico City, and there's a ton. People just
3: fucking on the streets. Well,
1: just, like, it's not just young people who'll make out in front of you. Yeah, right. You know what yeah. I mean? People just, like... Sweet. It's really... It, it's a just... The culture is... <laughs> completely opposite in Helsinki, people don't like small talk. It's very quiet anywhere you go, even in bars it's mm. like was so weird. We were always the two loudest people anywhere we went, and like granted, we're pretty loud, but still it was <laughs> very silent and then you go to Mexico city and it's music and just sounds and loudness, and the way that people hug is um like heart to heart, so mm-hmm. it's like this open. Hug where it's like left side to left side. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then the men kiss each other on the cheek and stuff. And mm. um, I don't know. It's just totally different.
2: I think some of that is weather related. I know that seems stupid and small, but just being from Minnesota, I was like, oh, these Finnish people make sense to me. It's I get cold it as a
1: Russian person. You're, too. Cl-
2: you know, your speech is clipped. You're just trying to mm. keep your
1: She's hands in your <laughs> Yeah. Have,
4: you,
3: have you guys been to Russia?
1: Well, it's where I'm from. So right. I'm from Ukraine, but yeah, same Weird. thing. So I understand it's a cold weather. Yeah. Right. We are going to go. That's yeah. on our list. Yeah. What's-
3: Mo- it, Russia's interesting. It, it, I, it was, it was one of the weirdest places I've ever been. And I loved every second of it. Where'd you go? Uh, Moscow. Yeah. I didn't really get to see like anything outside of Moscow, but even just being in Moscow, I was like, Whoa, this place is so different. But we had a game where it was, it was, um, uh, at the end of every day we would we would come together and tally and, and show how how many how many russians we made smile or laugh that day And whoever had the most, whoever had the most would win. It's fucking challenging, man.
1: Yeah, I was telling. I was trying to explain to people how weird it is when you first move to America, and everyone's always smiling. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. What the? What a waste of energy! Everyone's smiling, and strangers will (laughs) smile at you, and you're like, "I don't know you." Everyone's (laughs) like asking how you are. It's just so confusing.
2: That is because we are a melting pot. I read a great article about this, but Mm -hmm. the reason that we smile so much is because. That's the way that
1: you're like, don't, there's nothing to fear over here.
3: Right. Yeah, right, right. I'm safe. I'm safe. Yeah. yeah is but there that's anywhere-
1: not common in my culture and it's weird. Mm. Like, what's wrong with you? It's yeah.
3: really alienating. That Eastern block to shit. In. Yeah. Is there, I know you're going to Tokyo, which is, which I'm, I'm fucking excited for you because it's the one place that I I want to go more than anywhere mm-hmm. else in the world. Same. Um, is that the one place? Like, is there one place that sticks out where you're like, fuck, I, I gotta I think for go.
1: us, this is like a gold star place we've yeah. been wanting to go to Tokyo. This was the bucket list
2: place, and now, and, you know, I think it's gonna live up to the hype. And then now... I really want us to hit every continent. So yeah. I would love to go to Antarctica. Mm. I mean, I really, really want us to go like in the next mm-hmm. 18 months. So fingers crossed.
3: What's one of the things that you're hoping to kind of dive into and dig into in, in, in Japan?
1: Um, So basically just everybody knows that there's like shame is an interesting thing in that culture. Mm-hmm. And it's both like makes for things to be really like under wraps and also for things to be a lot more like outrageously not under wraps. So I think it's going to be fun for us to go and see, um, what that's like because it's really different from our culture and we want to go to host clubs and to hostess clubs and to see love hotels and to just check out, you know, all of the Tell things Tell them about you can. the chocolates. That's a good one. Oh middle. yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll be there right before Valentine's day. And Valentine's Day in Japan is apparently different. And um, it's women doing stuff for men. Mm-hmm. And then one of the most hilarious oh. and I think also brutal things that I read is that if for single men, um, like women will bring into the office just like chocolates f- for them. Yeah. And they're called sympathy chocolates. Oh, no. Which I think is so sad and funny. Um, but it's yeah, shit bad. like that. Sympathy chocolates. Oh That's gosh. so crazy, right? Yeah. I'm gonna start Thanks doing that for, yeah. for the single man of my life. Yeah. I know it's like you're. Sh- they're shading you as they're giving yeah, yeah, you yeah, candy. They're like, here, you sack of shit. Yeah, it's just such a. <sighs> yeah, Thank yeah, you. so
3: funny. Yeah, I'm what's, excited for you guys. That's what, that's gonna be really fun. What's
0: the sexiest city you've been in?
2: Oh my god, I, I think L.A. is city. the sexiest city. I don't know. Uh, I love Paris. We haven't gone to Paris together.
1: But yeah, I love I don't know, Paris. Mexico City's pretty sexy.
3: Have you been to Montreal?
0: No. No, I Montreal really wanna go. Is,
3: Montreal is sex.
0: Just don't go now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till the, the go in the summer. Yeah. Actually go in like uh yeah, go in like early, early summer. Fall. Well
3: or we're early gonna fall.
2: do it on the tour when yeah. we come to see you guys. Hell so yeah. That's a good idea. Hell that, yeah. that'll be part that's of so it. So
1: awesome that we now know someone in Halifax. Yeah, you do. Yeah.
3: Have yeah. you ever oh, go to Toronto? If you ever go to Toronto, let us know cuz we could hook you up with a bunch of really sexy people up there. Nice. Yeah. Montreal too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Montreal too. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of Canada. We own Canada. I'm we're we're
0: we're the prime minister. Yeah,
3: Harry Harry, <laughs> yeah, Harry and Meghan. Both of you are gonna have to one Trudeau. To <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, this has been fucking great. This has been really fun. I'm I'm glad we we had a chance to meet and like connect. And also uh I knew, I knew the question was going to come up about whether or not we have sex. Mm. Uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad it came out in this conversation because mm-hmm. I think this is the the perfect time. You
1: guys have honestly given us so much food for thought, or at least for me. Mm-hmm. And some of the things you've said about each other and about relationships is so beautiful and new also to me. Um, and you guys are a really fucking dope couple.
2: Yeah, I think Sophie Ooh. and I are forever fascinated by polyamory because we're both intrigued yet it's foreign and like we can't totally wrap our minds around it so I love yeah I love when I know people that it's really working for and it Mm -hmm. seems like you're living your best lives and I'm just like fuck yeah
3: yeah I think the big thing that like I feel like I want people to know is that you you can forge the relationship that you want like yes. like that is fully within your power. Um the only thing that makes it challenging is that you can't do it alone. You need your partner to do it with you. It's a team effort. And when you have a really good well-trained team, then that gold medal <laughs> is yours. Like you are you're you're definitely going to get it year after year. So it is an option. Like it is an option and you can you can do it.
0: But Read just- all the standard books and
3: yeah, and like that shit. That shit honestly does help. Like, ex- mm-hmm. ex- expanding your mind, expanding your vocabulary,
0: just increasing your exposure to it.
3: Yeah, that is a big part of it. And mm-hmm. and again, if if you're coming from a place like where we came from, where that is not a uh, part of your community, that is not a part of your, you know, you don't have friends that that engage in that sort of relationship. Like the book, the resources are out there. Like you can you can learn so much
2: where would you and if you, can you listen to this podcast you, you can listen to this podcast yeah. you guys' podcast is incredible turn me on for our listeners make sure you check it out and what's a book for for polycurious people if you were like oh i would start here what would you say?
0: It depends on what you're looking for. Like we started with uh, Sex at Dawn, which is really just like an anthropological book mm-hmm. about like the history of monogamy, which just puts a lot of things in perspective and like sets a good foundation for being like, oh, okay, this is um, maybe not as like, uh, uh, um, what's the word you use a lot today? Uh, innate? Maybe this is not like an innate desire to couple up for with one person forever. Did I use that word I a lot think, today? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. It's been <laughs> a long day. And, and then, and then, but then, like more than two is like a manual for polyamory, I guess. Fascinating. Um, more than two. More than two is yeah. It's it's noted. like it's a it's a oh. beefy
3: book. It's it's thick, and it it is like an encyclopedia. Like it's it's a reference book. It's not a it's not your book that you like sit down and go. I'm gonna read this from like start to finish. It's like it's like I'm a little Bible that way. you, like, yeah. what I
1: was passage say, should read I a read passage passage today? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Oh, but The Ethical Slut, I think, was the sec- the, the next one that we read. I tried yeah. reading that, and yeah. I didn't like it. You know what? It's a Sufferable. voice thing for me. Like, mm. her, I was like, it, it's just a bit um, aloof, maybe in a way that I was like, I don't, this is too bubblegum for me. But
3: yeah. yeah.
0: But it was helpful.
3: Um, tell our listeners how people can. Uh, can can see what you're up to.
2: Yeah, we are Private Parts Unknown. You can check us out at privatepartsunknown.com or wherever you get podcasts. And where can people find you, Cokes? I'm at Courtney Kosak, K-O-C-A-K, Instagram on,
1: and Twitter. Yes, and I am uh, at the Sophia, T-H-E-S-O-F-I-Y-A, on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Holler at us. What are you guys' handles? At, at. Bridie McLean, B R Y D E M A C L E A N,
3: and at Jeremy Saunders, J E R E M I E S A oh. U N D E R S, and
0: at Turn Podcast,
3: and at Turn Me On Podcast, so. yeah, that's it.
0: Amazing, mm-hmm. you guys! Yeah, thank you. Great
2: foursome, nice did it. Yeah, that was yeah my first <laughs> my first wholesome. Sweet. Uh,
3: thanks, guys. <laughs>
0: I love that they trusted us,
2: you know, to kind of reveal some new info that felt really special. So thank you so much, Jeremy and Bridie. It was awesome to sit down and talk to you. And I hope everybody listening really enjoyed the convo as well.
1: And you guys, we literally just got back from Tokyo. Like today, we are fresh off a plane recording this. Heavy, heavy sake hangovers, you guys. (laughs) And we were wild. We did some wild shit. We are really excited for those episodes to drop. I think your jaws are going to drop.
2: Your jaws are going to be on the floor. You guys have no idea how nasty it got. We went to an s club.
1: That's, that's not even.
2: You're never going to guess. This is
1: not even the tip of the iceberg.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I truly can't wait to share it with you guys. So stay
1: tuned. We're bringing you the Tokyo Eps just as fast as we can turn them around. <laughs> Oh my God. We have to recover a little bit, but yes, we're going to turn around as soon as possible. And I want to give out a special shout out to Jim who sat next to me on the plane on the way to Tokyo and got all of his nasty little freaks in Wyoming that he was skiing with to subscribe to this podcast. So shout out Wyoming buds. Shout out Jim. Shout out Jim. If you
2: want a visual of Jim, Jim's like kind of a hot zaddy. (laughs) Yes, he sure is. And randomly we ran into him later on the trip. Life's a trip, you guys. That's what we learned on this trip, is that you have- Synchronicity in ways we did not ever expect. It was insane. So stay tuned. Hey, Sophia,
1: what's that bomb-ass music? I'm glad you asked. This episode features music just like every episode from our friend Amy Roche. Find her on Spotify, R-A-A-S-C-H.
2: This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. We
1: love you, Mike. I want death metal with it. We need to learn how to say that in Japanese. That'll take us a year.
2: It would take us the rest of our lives to learn Japanese. (laughs) You know what we want to do right now is read a... review of the week but you know what we can't because the well is freaking dry so you bitches at
1: home need to step it up step it up we need some reviews we need some ratings we'll read it on air come on zaddy get your boys to work (laughs) let's write some
2: reviews okay (laughs) see you guys next week bye